All right, Shabbos, say good morning. Let's begin by thanking our sponsor, Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Cheshvan. Sorry. To thank Mayor and Rachel Gold for dedicating all the Sherman's Rushos this month in memory of Yonah Tzvi, Ben Yosef Chaim Elazar Cohen, and Noam Le- and Leah Efron for dedicating the Sherman Drushos this month in honor and celebration of the 98th birthday of Noam's grandfather, Yosef Herschel Ben Mordechai Halevi. Our week of learning sponsors, Mr. Morton Esterson and Malkin Sammy Esterson in memory of Mrs. Miriam Goldfein, Miriam Bas Matisio, Zichron Livracha. And there are Dafyomi sponsors for today, Moshe and Yochavet Roth, Lezecha Nishmas, Moshe's great-grandmother, Batya Bas Zelda, Zichron Livracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. I should also take the opportunity to welcome Ramosha, who joined Ramosha Roth, who joined our Shir just uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Baruch Haba. Baruch Haba. Well, see, with that, let us, let us begin. We have a really beautiful daf ahead of us today. If we have a couple of minutes at the end, I just want to go back. I'll wait till the end. To, to, to revisit, otherwise you won't get to the daf. Uh, to revisit just an interesting you sewed from yesterday, but it's a shorter daf today, so I'm confident we'll get there. Suppose today's daf is daf yud, 10. We are picking up the Mir Hashem on daf tes amud beis. And we are picking up 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 lines are from the bottom. We're starting at the two dots, Ulinatia. So we'll say, so remember again, we go back to our Mishnah, and the Mishnah said that for Natia, for li- literally saplings, saplings, the Rosh Hashanah is on the first of Tishrei. What is this referred to with saplings? So remember again, the Gemara explains, we saw in the Mishnah, this is referring ultimately to Arla, right? Remember again, you're not permitted to go ahead and eat from the fruit of a new tree for the first three years. In year number three, it then becomes what's called Revai. We're going to talk about all this in the Gemara today. Revai means that you're allowed to eat it, but it's governed, it's almost like Meister Shein. So it has to be consumed inside of Yerushalayim. So how do you know? So the Gemara says, therefore, the first year, how do you reckon the three years of Arla? First of Tishrei. Minolan, how, how do you know that the Rosh Hashanah 4, that the Rosh Hashanah 4, um, excuse me, that the Rosh Hashanah 4, Arla is going to be on Tishrei. Dechsev shalosh shanim arelim. Because the Pasuk says for three years, there will be Arla. Uksev, and it says, Ubashana haravias. And in the fourth year, that's talking about Revai, where you could eat the produce, but Allah said the produce has to be consumed in Yerushalayim. So the Gemara says, V'yalif shana shalim Tishrei. Make a gzera shava of shana shana from Tishrei. Dechsev meireshis hashana. The Pasuk says, right, we saw this in yesterday's daf, or Sunday's daf, I should say, from the beginning of the year, that's a reference to Tishrei. So we learn out Shana Shana, it says Shana by Arla, Shana by Tishrei, just like Shana by Tishrei, it's referring to Tishrei, so to again, Shana by Arla is referring to Tishrei as well. I believe Shana Shana mi Nisan, why don't you make a Gzir Shavav Shana Shana from Nisan? Right, because it says Shana by Nisan as well, and say therefore that the Rosh Hashanah for Arla is in fact the first of Nisan. Because by Nisan it says Rishonu, it is the first for the months of the year. To which the Gemara says 
Donin Shana She'ini Machadashim Mi Shana She'ini Machadashim Because we'll say in general When it comes to Gzair Shabbat right, Gzair Shabbat 101 says That if you have two things That you can make comparisons to Or I should say you can, Let's say you have item A And you could compare item A to B or to C So what we look at essentially Is which one has what we'll call A pure drasha So for example over here It says Shana by Arla It says Shana by Tishrei and it says Shana by Nisan. By Arla, it just says Shana, no mention of months. By Tishrei, it just says Shana, no mentions of months. By Nisan, it says Shana, but mentions months. So therefore, we would rather compare Arla to a Shana without Chadashim. So therefore, again, it makes more sense to go ahead and compare Arla to Tishrei than it does to Nisan. Hence, learning that the Rosh Hashanah for Arla is the first of Tishrei. So again, done in Shana, She'ein ima chadashim, Mishana She'ein ima chadashim, Ve'in done in Shana She'ein ima chadashim, Mishana She'yesh ima chadashim. Good. We'll say that's just a general cloud by Egzer Shava. We like to compare it to the most similar item. Beautiful. Weiter. Tan Rabbanon. We'll say very interesting a set of halachas over here. Echad Hanotea, Echad hamavrich ve'echad hamarkiv. So we'll say these are all different types of planting. Sonoteo means to plant. Mavrich, Rashi says over here, kofif as azmuros ba'aretz, shekor, so listen to this. So mavrich, we'll say, is the process where, if you could imagine, you take a vine, you take a vine, obviously the bottom part of the vine is planted in the ground. You take the top part of the vine, or you go ahead and you bend it over, and you plant it in the ground as well. It will eventually take root, and then you snip it in the middle, right? So you essentially create two distinct vines from from one. So that's called that's called mavrich. Markiv Rashi says is ilan bechavero grafting. So again, these are all different forms of plants. So whether you actually plant, whether you go ahead and mavrich. I don't know what the English term for that is, but you know we'll put it. You know, taking the top of the vine and putting it into the putting it into the ground, or you graft, right? If you do any of these things. Erev Shviyas. So we're talking now about the halachas of Shemitah. If you do this, Erev Shviyas, prior to Shemitah, Shloshim Yom Lifnei Rosh Hashanah, if you do it 30 or more days before Rosh Hashanah, all Saloshana, Umutr Lekaimon, B'Shviyas. So we'll say two interesting halachas happen over here. Number one, all Saloshana, that by the time Rosh Hashanah comes, comes around, that sapling or that plant, we'll call it the sapling, will have will have will be one year old. Will be one year old. And number two, you're allowed to leave it in the ground over the course of Shemitah. Take a look at Rashi. Also Loshana. Kevin Shiege Yom Also Loshana the Minyan Shne Arla. So we'll say this is a very important halacha. So if I go ahead, let's just let, let's just leave it, let's just take this simple case. I plant a sapling. I plant the sapling before the Shemitah year. So I'm planting this in Elul. So the Gemara is telling me now that Halacha Lema as long as I planted 30 or more days before Rosh Hashanah, two things happen. Number one, I'm allowed to keep it in the ground even when Shemitah comes. I don't have to uproot it. Right? And number two, the passage of 30 days counts as what? One year. So therefore, by the time the first of Tishrei rolls around, how old is that sapling? One year old, which means they only have two more years for Arla purposes. Even though the sapling has only been in the ground for 30 days, 30 days is clearly counting like a year. 
This discussion presupposes that, I should say, is built on the discussion we had two days ago, that the concept, or yesterday even, that Mosifin me Kodesh Alachol applies to Shemitah. And therefore, Halacha Lamai said there is a din of beginning the Shemitah year early. What the Bryce is teaching me is that Halacha Lamaisa, if I go ahead and I plan 30 or more days before Shemitah, I am, I'm, 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 I'm getting in there before the Shemitah window begins, before the Hosafas Michal Ala Kodesh begins. And therefore, again, the plant can remain in the soil, plus added bonus, 30 days counts as a year. Beautiful. What happens if you planted the sapling less than 30 days before Rosh Hashanah? Number one, it's not a year old. So that's Aleph, it's not a year old. And therefore, And you're not permitted to leave that sapling inside of the ground during Shemitah. It needs to be uprooted because we will say essentially it counts as if you planted that on Shemitah. And therefore, again, you have to uproot it. Take a look at Rashi. So first of all, number one, if, so we'll say there's two halachas being, being combined over here. Let's say on a non-Shemitah year, you planted something, you planted a sapling less than 30 days before Rosh Hashanah, so in general, once Rosh Hashanah, year, right? Once Rosh Hashanah comes, how old is that sapling? Not even a year, right? Remember again, it's less than 30 days before Rosh Hashanah. So it's whatever it is, it's 29 days old. But it's not going to be three years old until three years later. So that's, look at Rashi. In essence, there are really three halachos over here. Halacha number, halachos one and two, really all called four halachos. One, two, and three apply if we're talking about the Elul before a Shemitah year. So if you plant, this is the Brisa, if you plant a sampling 30 or more days prior to Shemitah, you're okay, right? You're before the Shemitah window, you could maintain the sampling, plus 30 days counts as a year. So by the time Rosh Hashanah rolls around, that sapling is one year old. On the Shemitah, right? If, on the Elul prior to a Shemitah, however, if you planted it within 30 days, what's the halacha? You need to uproot that sapling because it's as if you planted it during Shemitah. During a non-Shemitah year. So in other words, the year is not going to be, Rosh Hashanah is not going to be a Shemitah year. If you planted less than 30 days prior to Rosh Hashanah, you can keep the sapling in the ground. But just understand that when Rosh Hashanah rolls around, how old is the sapling? Zero. Right or or tw- twenty seven days, twenty nine days, twenty eight days, whatever it is, whatever it is. But Lamaisa, you don't get a year within that less than month period. Beautiful. So we'll say top of yod. Uperos nitiazu. So one more piece to this brisa, then we'll dissect it. Uperos nitiazu. Now the fruit of this sapling asurin ad tu bishvat im laarla arla veim laravai laravai. We'll say this last halacha is quite fascinating. So you might think like this. Let, let's play this out for just a moment, okay? So now I'm, it's, it's, it's Elul, it's Elul, and, and Rosh Hashanah, Aleph Tishrei is going to be a Shemitah year. Okay, so I learned the, I learned the halacha. Again, we'll see if this halacha, the or not, but I learned the halacha. So what did I do? I planted my saplings, we'll call it, uh, right, the last day of Chodesh Av. Last day of Chodesh Av. So I'm good, I'm more than 30 days out, and I'm, I'm good to go. So now, I know that I could keep that sapling in the ground during Shemitah, 
Okay, what else do I know? How old is that sapling when Rosh Hashanah comes? Rosh Hashanah comes one year old. So now, according to my calculations, when should I be able to go ahead and eat from the fruit of that tree? Right? Two years later. So let, let's, let's call Rosh Hashanah year one, right? When can I go ahead and eat from the fruit of that tree? Right? Rosh Hashanah of year three, right? So I have year one, year two, right? And then the beginning of year three, after Rosh Hashanah year three, I'm, that's the third year already, right? That's already three, that's, th- that's not the third, that's three years. Because remember again, Elul was year one, year one is year two, year two is year three, right? And therefore the beginning of what is calendrically year three, I should be permitted to go ahead and eat of my, it's no longer Arba. The Gemara says no. You have to wait until Tubishvat of that year, of year three, in order to go ahead and eat of the Arla. And you're already eating the fruit. So, so interestingly enough, so I don't have to wait a full year, but I do have to wait until after Tubishvat of that year in order to consume the fruit. What's the Pshat? Take a look at Rashi. This is fascinating. Upiros Natiya Zua Surim, Viafapi Shamanu Alsalo Alsalo Shana, Imchantu Baperos La Akarashana Shal Shana Shlishes Miad, Adaina Surin Hain Olamis, Mishum Arla, Shi Afapi Sharashana Tishre Linatiya, Tubishvat Rashashana Li Ilan, Vizu Kvarnaasis Ilan, Lefichach in Shnasa Mishadeshes Lotseis Mide Arla, Ad Tubishvat. So I will say, what's interesting over here is as follows. We have a little bit of kind of like an intersection of halachas. On one hand, we're saying that halacha lamaisa, the Rosh Hashanah for our law is when? Is when? Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah. The Rosh Hashanah for peros ha'ilan, la'ilanos, right? The Rosh Hashanah for trees is when? Tu bishvat. So you have a little bit of an intersection in halachas, therefore it says Rashi, and therefore again, essentially, what the Gemara says is as follows. This is fascinating. So if I planted the tree 30 days before Shemitah, I'm good. Number one, I'll Shemitah, I'm good. Number two, the 30 days count as a year. So even though technically speaking, so I get to year one, for that tree, it's really year two. I get to year two, for that tree, it's really year three. I would have thought that I should be able to eat the fruit right then and there after Rosh Hashanah of year number two. Kamash Malan, I have to wait until after Tu Bishvat to consume the fruit. Now I will say, that applies both for Arla as well as Revai. Remember again, I was just what we said before. So year number two should really be the end of Arla, but I have to wait till after two Bishvat of year number two. And year number three should really be the end. Rosh Hashanah year number three should really be the end of Revai. I have to wait until when? After two Bishvat of year number three. So essentially, although, I, now again, at the end of the day, do I come out ahead? Do I come out ahead? Absolutely. Absolutely, because again, by Tu Bishvat, I'm good to go. But Lamaisa, again, I don't get to enjoy the fruits unencumbered uh, by Rosh Hashanah of the, of the tree's third year or, or, or of the tree's fourth year. So we'll listen to this. So the Gemara says as follows. So where do we know? So we'll say, so there's a lot, there's a lot, the best part, the best part right now. So the Gemara says, So from, from, where, from where do I know this, right? From, let, let, let's dissect this a little bit. Because there's a lot happening over here. So, Menahani Mili, from where do we know? So, look at Rashi, Menahani Mili. Sheshnos Arla Uravainim Shachin Leesar Peros Achanutin Koden Tu Bishvat. 
So we'll say in general, you want to start with how do I know this concept that even though you just told me that if I planted it more than 30 days, that counts as a year, yet in what is the tree's year number three, I cannot partake of the fruit immediately after Rosh Hashanah, but I have to eat until after Tu Bishvat. Here we go. Because the Torah says, and in the fourth year, and in the fifth year. Pamim, listen to this. We dashed from this that sometimes you can have a fruit that is in its fourth year, and it'll still be Asar. Mishum Arla, Upamim Shebechamishes, Vaadayin Asura Mishum Revai. And sometimes the fruit could be in its fifth year and it'll still be Asur because of Revai. If you take a look at Rashi, Rashi understands this trash over here as follows Ubishana Aravias, Vav Mosif Al Inyan Rishon. That Vav ultimately again is a connector. That's a Vav HaMosif or a Vav HaKibor, I should say. Well, he says Vav HaMosif. It's a Vav that adds on. So when it says Ubashana Haravias, that means what? Yelachem Arelim Af Besok Shana Sometimes Arla can be perpetuated even into year number four. And sometimes, and sometimes Revai can be perpetuated even into year number five. When can you have a situation like this? Technically, in the situations we're describing, where already calendrically you have your requisite three years, but we're still going to make you wait a little bit more into year number four in order to eat it. You could have your revai, you could have your four years of revai, we're going to make you wait a little bit into year number five before you go ahead and you eat it. To which the Gemara said, Lema Delok Rabbi Meir. So apparently this does not reflect the view of Rabbi Meir. Why not? The Rabbi Meir, both say, here we go. Because Rabbi Meir says, Yom Echad Bishana Chashuv Shana. Both say, we had Rabbi Meir already on Beis Amud Beis. This beautiful idea both halachically and hashkafically. The power of one day. Yom Echad Bashana Chashuv Shana. Sometimes one day can be as impactful as one year. Well, that's not what the means, but I'm telling you what the Ashkafe is, right? That, 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 well, that is what the means also. also. But this is right, this is reflective of the, of the Gemara Masechus Brachas, Yeshkana Olama Bisha Achos. A person could acquire his entire world, could infuse meaning into his entire life in one moment. So too, a person could infuse meaning into an entire year in one day. Yom Echad Bishana Chashav Shana. Okay, on a halachic level, what does it mean? That one day counts. You must remember again, remember, where do we first see this? Where do we first see this little Chazara? Where do we see this first? I see Sammy's mouthing it, but I can't hear what you're saying. I'm sorry? Animals good. Where else? That was the second time we saw. First time, for kings, kings. Right, the first time we saw was the kings. Right, king, king is king is coronated when? Okay, let's say a king is coronated. Right, when is Rosh Hashanah Lamalachim? Nisan. King King A dies in Adar. King B is appointed. Right, is not appointed, but assumes the throne. Last day of Adar comes Rosh Chodesh Nisan. What does that count as? First year of his reign. That's where we first saw Rabbi Meir. Yom Echad Right. Then we saw it by animals as well. We saw that principle that applied in a number of different ways. So Rabbi Meir says, Yom Echad B'Shana, Chash of Shana. The Sanya, I'll say, where is Rabbi Meir? Say now, now, why does the Gemara say that the Brisa? So I'll say, I just want to point out, this entire day's discussion, this entire daf, is based on this Brisa, the Tanah that we began today's share with, on Tessamud Beis. 
So the Gemara is just saying, by the way, this price clearly does not reflect Rabbi Meir. Because this price is saying that what do you need in order for it to be counted as a year for this sapling? 30 days. So this price is reflecting the view that says, 30 days, Shloshim Yom, Chashev Kishana. The Gemara says, clearly it's not reflecting the view of Rabbi Meir, because Rabbi Meir holds, Yom Echad Bashana, Chashev Shana. So the Gemara says, where does Rabbi Meir say? This is very interesting. This because we learned... When general, when the Torah speaks about a par, a sacrificial par, so the Gimara says, Stam ben It's 24 months. So when we talk about a par, a par is two years old. I'm sorry. Mayor says, it's two years old in one day. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi It's got to be 24 months. Right? 24 months and 30 days. She Hayyur Rabbi Meir Omer, because what Rabbi Meir says, I both say, we're going to see, by the way, a par is supposed to, well, let's see. Shayyur Rabbi Meir, because Rabbi Meir used to say as follows. He said, Komakum Shene'emar Egel Batora. Both say, whenever the Torah speaks about an Egel, a calf, for sacrificial purposes, Stam Ben Shana. It's a year old. Ben Bakr, whenever it says Ben Bakr, right? The Gemara says, Ben Shtayim, two years old. Par Ben Shalosh. Whenever you go ahead and you see par, par means three years old. Now, I both say, the Machlokis, Rabbi, Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Meir, is what's the definition of three years old? Rabbi Meir holds that what's three years old? What's three years old? 24 months and a day. Right? And a day. That's Rabbi Meir. 24 months and a day. Why? Because what does Rabbi Meir hold? What does he hold? Yom Echad B'Shana, Chashuv Shana. Rebbe Lazar holds, what does, what does three years old mean? What does three years old mean? 24 months and 30 days. And one month, 30 days, 30 days. So we'll say, this is the Machlokis, Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Meir. Both hold, here we'll say in Halacha, we have this concept of Mixas Kekulo, right? We, we most often, unfortunately, Lahavdil, know this concept where? By Shiva, Shloshim, we don't observe seven days of Shiva. The seventh day is just a partial day. Mitzvah's Kula. Same thing with Shloshim. Mitzvah's Yom Kekulo. This concept applies in Allah. Both Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Meir both agree with this concept. The Shaila is, what's the basic unit of time that counts as the whole? So in terms of a year. So Rabbi Meir will say, one day. One day counts as the year. So you need a part that's three years old. 24 months and one day you've got your three-year-old par. Rabbi Lazar says one month counts as a year. Therefore, you need a three-year-old par. 24 months plus a month gives you a three-year-old par. So the Gemara says, Our b'risa does not reflect the view of Rabbi Meir. Why not? Because halacha lamaisa, the b'risa says that in order for the sampling, first of all, to be okay legabe shmita, and also to have counted, to be counted as having one year under its arla belt, you need 30 days prior to Rosh Hashanah, which tells me that it's Shloshim Yom Chashev Kishana, not like Rabbi Meir who holds Yom Echad Chashev Kishana, to which the Lord maybe not, I feel to him Rabbi Meir, maybe not, it could even be Rabbi Meir, why? Ki Kama Rabbi Meir Yom Echad Bishana Chashev Shana, Bishof Shana, oh, very interesting. Maybe when Rabbi Meir holds that one day could count as a year, maybe that concept only applies when? At the end of the year. In other words, if you get in the last day of the year and you assume a particular role, right? Last day, which I will say, by the way, is how we're first introduced to Rabbi Meir. As I mentioned before, the first time we see the Shida of Rabbi Meir is by a king who becomes king on the last 
day of Adar. So maybe when Rabbi Meir says, Yom Echad B'Shana Chashav Shana, when is that? When is that? That's the last day of the year. Aba Betchilas Shana Lo Amar. But in the beginning of the year, ultimately again, he does not hold that way. So I'll just mention, by the way, how profound that is, even just hashkafically, that we just said before, doesn't Yom Echad B'Shana means, if you go with the Rabbi Meir holds, that it only applies at the end of the year. I will say, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? That in life, what's important? What's important? It's how you end. It's how you end. That ultimately, again, it's about how you close things out. The process of life and the process of any endeavor is often very challenging and very difficult. The shaila is, do you make it to the end, right? Do you cross the finish line? Do you go, how do you close it out? As the Gemara says elsewhere, as Chazal say, hakol holeich Right? I usually give this speech by the end of every single daf yomi mesechta. Right? Even if you just learned the last daf, you're still a messiah. Not really, but it makes people feel, but it makes people feel good. Right? But, 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 right? How do you close that? So, Yemir says, if you close out the year in a particular way, as the melech, as part of an animal cohort, if you close out the year, and maybe even again as a sapling, as long as you get one year at the end, you're good to go. But maybe Rabbi Meir does not hold Yom Echad B'Shana Chashav B'Shana at the beginning, at the front end of the year. So we'll say the Gemara now advances something amazing. Obviously the Gemara says, That doesn't make sense. I'll tell you why. If, if Rabbi Meir is going to hold Yom Echad B'Shana works at the end of the year, then Kavachomer should work at the beginning of the year. Where does this Kavachomer come from? This is fascinating. Now, Rashi points out over here something very interesting. If you look at Rashi, he says, Sof Hayom, take, take, well, first take a look at Uman Nida, She'in Tchilas Hayom, Olala Besofa. So we'll say, Anida, by her seventh day, by her seventh day, we don't say Miktas Yom Kikulo, right? We don't say that a woman could observe part of the seventh day of her Nidos and then go to the mikvah by day. She needs an entire seventh day. And I will say, this is a fascinating Rashi, because if you look, Shinemar, Shivas Yom Tiebenidasa, Tiebenidasa Kolzain, Velotomar, Mixas Yom Shvikakulo. I say, what I want to point out something interesting. We remember this from our Hilchos, from our, from our Mesachas Nida days. The way we observe Hilchos Nida today is very, is dramatically different from the Daraisa. The Daraisa of Hilchos Nida is, a woman becomes a Nida, a woman menstruates, and she becomes a Nida for how long? Seven days. The entire process of Nida is seven days. That's it. And they're not Nikim. They do not have to be, quote-unquote, clean days. By Chulchos Nida, it is a seven-day endeavor, and that is it. We have a different construct of Nida, is that by us, Chulchos Nida and the Alachos of Zavagidola have merged together. The concept of Shiva Nikim, seven clean days, is not a Din by Nida. It's a Din by Zava. But our contemporary, when I say contemporary, again, for the last uh, thousand years, right? Our contemporary model of Nida ultimately is a blending of Hilchos Zava and Hilchos Nida. So I'm just pointing that over because the Gemara is talking about over here about biblical Nida, right? And biblical Nida is just straight out seven days. So look at Rashi. Sof hayom olala mitchilasa. Sheim rasa samach lishkias achama olala yom ze bizan yeme nida. Venetsricha limnos elavav. I'm supposed to listen to this. So let's talk about Rava's argument, and then we'll go ahead and we'll just go back to Rashi in just a moment. So listen to this. If you have a Nida, a woman becomes a Nida. So we'll say, look what he writes. He says, A 
On day number seven, we don't tell her, just observe part of the day as a nida, and then watch mitzvah yom kekula and go to the mikvah. Sof hayom olala betchilasa. But a partial day does work on the front end. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let's say, I will say, a woman becomes a nida on Tuesday. And let's say shkia is at six o'clock. And she sees dam, she sees blood at 5.50. At 5.50, right? Tuesday will count as day one. Even though what? Even though what? She only has 10 minutes of day one, of Tuesday. Tuesday will stop. So Rav says like this. A partial day, a partial day counts on the front end, but doesn't count on the back end. Right, so we'll say a partial day, she could count as day one for her needles, right? She'd be on day one on Tuesday. But yet day seven, just because she observes a part of the day, she can't go to the mikvah that day. She has to go ahead and observe an entire day, go to the mikvah that night. So therefore the Gemara says, we'll have to come back to Rashi. You'll look at that Rashi on your own if you don't get to it, because Rashi talks about the evolution of Hilchos Nida. How we go from a seven-day biblical construct to ultimately a 12-day, a 12-day construct. So the Gemara says as follows, Amar Rav, Avlav, Kavach, Omer, Uma nida she'ein t'chilas hayom olala besofa, she'ein t'chilas hayom olala besofa, at the end of the seven-day duration, a partial day does not count, sofa yom olala betchilasa, ultimately again, a partial day on the front end does count, shana, she'yom echad la'ola besofa, so we'll see, if you're going to say, if you're going to say that Rabbi Meir holds, Yom Echad B'Shana counts as a year, right? On the end of the year, then what? Eino Din, Amud Be'ez, Eino Din, Shiyom Echad Olala Betchilasa. Then certainly, one whole day should count as a year in the beginning of the year. It's an interesting Kavachomer. If by Hilchos Nida, a partial day doesn't work at the end, but does work at the beginning, so so too, again, if one day is going to count as a year, so Rabbi Meir says one day counts as a year for sure at the end. If it counts at the end, then what? It should certainly count at the beginning. And an, inter- an interesting Kavachomer. So the Gemara says, the Elamai, Rabbi Meir, so Elamai, Rabbi Lazar. So maybe you're going to say, whose opinion does this reflect? It must reflect Rabbi Eliezer, or Rabbi Eliezer, sorry. So remember again, Rabbi Eliezer holds that Allah Chalamaysa, that Allah Chalamaysa, that, that it's 30 days that count this year. So it must not be Rabbi Meir, because Rabbi Meir would say by the sampling, all you need is one day in order for it to count as a year for Arla, and all you need is one day for it to be okay, Lagabe, Lagabe, uh, Shemitah as well. So I must say that the Braisa on Tess Summit Bays that required 30 days is reflecting whose opinion? Rabbi Lazar. Now, we'll say, we just said Rabbi Lazar. What did Rabbi Lazar say? That if you want to use a power for sacrificial purposes, remember again, how old does the power have to be? How old? Three years old. According to Rabbi Lazar, when do you satisfy the criteria of three years old? 24 months and 30 days. 24 months and 30 days. Why? Because Rabbi Lazar holds Shloshim Yom, 30 days counts as a year. Okay, so it must be our Braisa does not reflect the view of Rabbi Meir, because according to Rabbi Meir, Yom Echad Bishana Chashuv Kishana. Whether that Yom Echad is when? At the beginning of the year or the end of the year, based on the Kavachor from Nida, it should work. So it must be that the Braisa that says you need 30 days, that must be Rabbi Elazar. So it says the Gemara my Rabbi Elazar. Well, if that's the case, Shloshim Ushloshim Ushloshim Bai. Oh, watch this. If that's the case, then according to Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer, sorry, you really should need not 30 days, but 30 days and 30 days. You really should need 60 days. Why? Look at Rashi. Shloshim Ushloshim Bai, Rashi says, 
Lamid Yom Leklita, Shetehin Nishresh as Baretz, Ushloshim Yom Lechashiva Shana. You really should need 30 days to give the sapling an opportunity to take root. And then after the sapling takes root, then what? Another 30 days to count it as the year. To count it as the year. Now you'll say, why can't those two time frames overlap? Right? Why can't you use the same 30 for both? Surah, she says, because Rashi says over here that according to Belazar, if that sapling has not taken root, it's not considered to be in the ground. So I will say, so therefore the Gemara says, just according to Belazar, you really should need 60 days. 30 days, the first 30, the first 30. So I will say, let's just plot this calendrically. Really, you should, if this is going to work, you really have to plant it when? Chodesh Av. Give it Chodesh Av, 30 days of Av to take root. Then once it took root, then what? The 30 days of Elul could count Krenter Balazar because Balazar holds Shloshim Yom Bashana, Chashiv Kishana, and then you're okay. But the Bryce says you only need 30. To which Mir says, This nun, a notin, ve'in mavrichin, ve'in marbi, ve'in markivin, erev shviyas pachos milamid yom mifnei rosh hashanah. Another Bryce, another Mishnah, I should say. You cannot plant. You can't bend the vine and plant the other top and the other part on the ground. You can't graft before Shemitah less than 30 days before Rosh Hashanah. So whatever you want to plant before Shemitah must be done more than 30 days. And if you're going to, and if you do this less than 30 days, you plant or you graft or you take the other side of the vine and plant it on the ground as well, and you did it less than 30 days, you know what you have to do? You have to uproot it. You have to uproot it. Now watch this. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Kol har kava she'ena koletes ve'gimel yamim, shilveno koletes. Rabbi Huda holds that Allah ha'lamaysa, it takes a plant three days to grow roots. And any plant that doesn't go ahead and create roots within three days, not going to work. Not going to work. Rabbi Yosir, Rishimen Omrim, shtei shabasos. Rabbi Yosir, Rishimen say, no, two weeks. Not, not, not two days, not three days, two weeks. Vam Rab Nachman, Rab Aravua, listen to this. Now watch this. Comes along Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says, by the way, by the way, all of these opinions are talking about how long it takes a plant, or we'll call it a sapling, to establish roots. But in addition to whatever amount of time you need to give the sapling to establish roots, you also have to do what? You have to tack on another 30 days. Why do you have to tack on 30 days? Why 30 days? Reflecting Rabbi Lazar's opinion that Shloshim Yom Bashana Chashiv Kishana. So therefore, again, Amram Nachman, Amram Baravua, Medivre Omer Lamid, Sarech Lamid Shloshim. See if you hold that the plant normally needs 30 days in order to take root. The sapling needs 30 days. You really need 30 plus 30. 30 to take root, and then 30 days count to zero. Medivre Omer Shlosha, according to the opinion, it says it only takes three days. What do you need? Sarech Shlosha Ushloshim. 33. Ultimately, and if you look at Rashi, by the way, Rashi says, Sarak Shloshim Shloshim. Shloshim Leklita. You need 30 days, ultimately, again, 30 days for 30 days to take root. Lamid Litosephes. And ultimately, again, another 30 days, another 30 days in order to count, ultimately, to take you out of the Shemitah window. So the Gemara says, 
Sarich Shtei Shabbosos Ushloshim Yom. And ultimately, again, the one who says two weeks, you need two weeks and 30 days. Therefore, both say, what the Gemara is suggesting is as follows. As tempting as it is, as tempting as it is to say that our Bryson Test Summit Bays reflects the view of Rebbe Lazar. Because Rebbe Lazar holds Shloshim Yom Bashana Chashev Kishana. If our Bryson Test Summit Bays is really going to reflect the view of Rebbe Lazar, you don't need 30 days. How long do you need? You need 60 days. You need 30 days for the plant to take root and then another 30 days again in order to take, in order to make sure that it's removed from the Shemitah window. So they can, or again, in addition to counting as a year for Arlo. Vi'inami, Karabi Huda severely. The other possibility is that maybe, maybe Rabbi Lazar holds like Rabbi Huda. Gimel Ushloshim by, even if he holds like Rabbi Huda, but say Rabbi Huda holds that what? That Allah Chalamaisa, it only takes a plant three days to take root. Only takes a plant three days to take root. So maybe Rabbi Lazar holds like Rabbi Huda. Even if that's true, Gimel Ushloshim by, he's still going to need 33 days. Those are both saying, no matter what, you're never going to need just 30, it appears. You're always going to need 30 plus something else. Elo the Olam, Rabbi Meir. Here we go, Abosan. We're back. We're back to where we were. The Brysa. Our Brysa on Tesla Bays, which says that what? If you want to plant something before the Shemitah year, you can as long as what? As long as what? You plant it more than 30 days. And if you do that, you're good for Shemitah. And what else do you get? Bonus. What else do you get? What else do you get? A year of Arla. We're going back now. We say in reality, it reflects the view of Rabbi Meir. The Olam Rabbi Meir. And ultimately, again, when we speak about the need for 30 days, interesting enough, I both say, see, Rabbi Meir holds Yom Echad B'Shana Chashev Kishana. Right? So, for example, for all the purposes, how far in advance do you have to plant that sampling in order to get a year of Arla under your belt? One day. One day. But because we're dealing with Shemitah, Rabbi Meir agrees that it takes a sampling 30 days to establish roots. That's why he requires, that's why the Bryce requires 30 days. It doesn't require 30 days to count as the year. It's not, see, we'll say, we thought this entire time, this entire time we thought that Halacha Lamaisa, the reason the Brisa mandated 30 days prior to Shemitah, and, and again, and in order to count as one year as our law, is because ultimately, again, 30 days is the minimum unit that counts as a year. So that automatically passed Rabbi Meir from this discussion. Now we're suggesting, no, the 30 days has to do with, that's the amount of time that a sapling needs in order to take root. And if you're going to plant something before Shemitah, it has to take root before the advent of the Shemitah year. And even Rabbi Meir agrees that it takes a sapling 30 days. But one second. If that's the case, if that's the case, Ihachi, Lamed Aleph Boy, we should need 31. Right? Why should you need 31? We'll say, why 31? 30 days, 30 days to count, so to allow the sapling to take root. And what? And one day, the last day of the year, to count as the Yom Echad B'Shana, Chashev Kishana. So the Gemara says, listen to this, Kasavar, Yom Lamed Ola Lekan Ulekan. Interesting enough, Rabbi Meir holds, day number 30 has a dual identity. Day number 30 could count as the 30th day, ultimately for what? The 30th day of the, we're calling rooting, we'll call it rooting, and it also counts as what? The one, one day, Legabi counting as a year. So day number three, I'll just point out something very interesting. We do see this concept. We absolutely see this concept. We know this halachically. Just la havdil again, 
the last day of Shival also counts as what? The first day of Shloshin. See, interesting. Now that's true on a halachic level, not necessarily on a calendrical level, right? The, for example, the halachos of Shloshin kick in immediately after a person gets up from Shiva, even though halacha lamaisa, that is still the seventh day. So you see this duality of days. Then one day, we'll say, where else did we see this? We just saw this two days ago. Where else did we see this? Interesting idea. By the Yovel year. Remember again, we saw the opinion that holds. Who was that? Who was that? That was um, Rabbi Huda, right? Rabbi Huda held that halacha lamaisa, year number 50, counts as two, has a dual identity, right? What was it? It's Yovel year, year number 50. What else is it? Year one for the next cycle. So the Gemara posits over here that Rabbi Meir holds that halacha lamaisa, you need 30 days to root. But in this particular case, the 30th day has this duality. It's the last day of the rooting, but it's also reckoned to be an independent day to count as Yom Echad Bashana Chashuv Kishana. And the Gemara says, Ushneyem, Ushneyem, Mikra Achadarshu. And both of these opinions, meaning Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lazar, but we'll say, so remember, there's a fundamental thing to Rabbi Rabbi Lazar, which is, which is, how much time of a year counts as a year? Rabbi Meir says, Yom Echad Bashana Chashuv Kishana, even one day counts as the year. Rabbi Lazar holds 30 days. They both touch on the same pasuk. Here we go. This is by the Mabul. By the Mabul. The Torah here is describing when the water is receded. Right? The water is receded and when Noah opens up the Teva and they finally walk on to dry land. When did this occur? It was right the 601st year. Berishon in the first month, the first of the month. So we'll say the first, the first day of the first month of the 601st year. Watch this. Rabbi Meir Savar, the Pasik tells me that what? This is the first day of the first month. And it calls it the 601st year, even though what? Even though what? We're only one day in. What do you see from that? You see from here that one day counts as a year. V'idach, Rabbi Lazar will say, no, 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 no. Iksiv, v'sheish me'oz v'achas shana k'edika'amit. If the Pasuk would have said, see, I, say, I translated it as the 601st year. So Rabbi Lazar will say, if it would have said, in the 601st year, I would agree with you. That's not what it says. It says, It says, the first 600 years. So the Gemara says, The Shana goes on the 600. It doesn't go on the one. Right? So, on, so the way Rabbi Lazarus reads the Pasuk is, after 600, and, after 600 complete years, into, into the first year. But it's not saying that because we're one day into the first year, we count it as the first year. Umay achas, what's achas? Aschalta da achas ka'amar. It's talking about the beginning of the 601st year, but it doesn't mean that we reckon one day as the year. Rabbi Lazar, my timer. So where does Rabbi Lazar get? So, Lazar, so therefore, again, we understand now Rabbi Mary gets his opinion from after the Mabul. Where does Rabbi Lazar, how does he dash? In my timer, Listen to this. It says Berishon on the first month, on the first day of the month. 
So listen to this. It's only the first day of the month. And yet the Torah still calls it a month. So even though it's only one day in, the Torah calls it the month. What do you see from here? That one day of the month, Rabbi Lazar says, counts as a month. And since one day of a month counts as the month, then what? Lamid Yom Bashana Chashuvin Shana. Ultimately, again, 30 days of the year count as the year. The Chodesh Lemenuyav, the Shana Lemenuyav. So we'll say the way Rabbi Lazar Darshan is, since this is the first month, first day of the first month, yet the Torah calls it the Chodesh. What do you see from here? That Halacha Lemaisa, one day of a month counts as a month. Rabbi Lazar says that creates a paradigm. The basic unit of time of any larger amount of time counts as a whole. So if one day of the month counts as the month, because a month is made up of days, then what? 30 days of a year will count as the year because 30 days is the basic unit of counting an entire year. So we'll say, the Machlokas, Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir holds Yom Echad B'Shana Chashev Kishana, Rabbi Lazar holds Shloshim Yom B'Shana Chashev Kishana, both darshan the same exact Pasuk from Parashat. But so we'll stop over here for today. Coming attractions, tomorrow, ridiculously amazing daf. Ridiculously amazing. Fundamental Machlokas about creation of the world, when is Rosh Hashanah? And ultimately, again, what transpired on the various Rosh Hashanah? Incredible, amazing, uplifting, cathartic death tomorrow. Mirza Hashem. Shkayach, everyone.